0: Welcome back to Sideline Exposure. I am your host, Mitchell Crossin, and this is Exposure 202. We're going to recap Nebraska-Northwestern, then we're going to give you some insight into the Ohio State-Notre Dame game that we're going to be at later this week. Okay, Nebraska-Northwestern. Northwestern wins 31-28, and Scott Frost, his seat has never been more hot than it is now. Not only is Nebraska losing these games, but it's also the way that they lose them. So with this loss, Nebraska falls to 5-21 and in one-score games under what is now his fifth year as head coach, Scott Frost. And in the third quarter, after going up 28-17, if you watch the game or if you've been on social media at all, you see that Scott Frost and his staff called an onside kick, which they obviously did not get. That changed the momentum completely. Northwestern went on to score on that drive and then came back and won the game. And I've been thinking about why they would want to call that onside kick. The only thing I can reasonably think of is that clearly Northwestern or Nebraska thought that Northwestern gave them a certain look. And when you get that certain look, that may open up a lane or open up this opportunity to execute the onside kick. But clearly it was a bust and Northwestern was all over it. And I know that Scott Frost mentioned, hey, I thought that if we could get it, we could put them away but that that thinking just makes no sense. I mean, you're up 11. Why not play the field position battle, right? Kick the ball off, force them to go 90, 80, 85 yards, whatever it is. Don't give them a short field. This is the same Nebraska team as last year. And frankly, Nebraska fans, and they've been coming after me on social media, on TikTok, I haven't been high on Nebraska. Because we look at them going 3-9 and last year. And everybody kept saying to me, oh, don't sleep on Nebraska. Watch out, bud. You're sleeping on Nebraska. That's a really good three-win team. They lost all their games by one score. The key word to this 3-9 and team with Nebraska last year is lost. I don't care how much they lose by if ultimately you still lose. And these Nebraska fans have been telling me, do you realize that they've flipped their roster completely? They've brought in a new coaching staff other than Scott Frost, and they've brought in these new pieces. I don't care. If they truly did improve their team in that regard, the problem is with Scott Frost. And if you can't see that by now, I don't know what else to tell you. So I'm looking ahead at Nebraska's schedule now. And before this loss to Northwestern, I thought Nebraska had a chance to kind of jump off to a good start. Maybe finish, you know, seven and six, something like that. And not because I thought that Nebraska is necessarily better than last year, but just because their schedule kind of sets them up to rattle off some wins or you would think so Owen 1 Northwestern next week home versus North Dakota the week after home versus Georgia Southern and then week four home versus Oklahoma now I do want to see Oklahoma play new style of play new system new head coach and so I'm not really going to make any predictions yet but this Nebraska team could be all over the place right After this loss to Northwestern, and it's not just any other loss. It's another one-score loss. So I think that's going to weigh on the team and Scott Frost a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they did drop one of these games, North Dakota or Georgia Southern. I don't think they're going to, but if they did, it wouldn't be that surprised. And then Oklahoma week four, just what if they dropped a game to like Georgia Southern one week and then beat Oklahoma the next week? The point is, I don't think I'm going to predict that to happen. But with this Nebraska team and how up and down they can be, I don't think I'd be that surprised. The most likely scenario is that they win the next two weeks versus North Dakota and versus Georgia Southern and then lose to Oklahoma and start the season 2-2. and And then even after the OU game, this is what Nebraska has remaining. Their homecoming game versus Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota. And then for the last three weeks, this is when it gets very difficult. At Michigan, home versus Wisconsin at Iowa. Wisconsin and Michigan should both be pretty solid. Iowa is kind of to be determined. Could have a good defense, could have a terrible offense. Let's see. And even regardless of how Iowa looks early on, a lot can change from week one to week 12. But Nebraska could easily drop those last three games. But ultimately, I think Scott Frost is done. Unless Nebraska beats Oklahoma, runs the table, goes 10-2, and two, which is not going to happen. Unless he does something like that, or even like an 8-win season, 9-win season. I think with the loss to Northwestern, is definitely going to kind of derail Nebraska's season a little bit with any momentum you may have thought that they built. But also, just the play calling, like that onside kick against Northwestern. He's giving Nebraska reasons to fire him, and I just... I don't think he's going to make it. This is going to be his last year. Okay, switching gears, Ohio State-Notre Dame preview. So a couple things have changed recently. The Fighting Irish are pretty big underdogs by more than two touchdowns. And I think ESPN-FBI gives Ohio State, at least right now, an 83.5% chance to win. I think Notre Dame is going to play Ohio State tough. But I am concerned for the Fighting Irish just because when you look at their team, new head coach, new starting quarterback, new defensive coordinator, and I think Ohio State is going to play fast. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and this is a great game to start off with. With both programs, frankly, it's about time that the two powers in the North do play each other in the regular season. Notre Dame starting quarterback Tyler Buckner, he can run the ball. Notre Dame has got tight end that they that they can utilize i don't think they're going to be huge threats throwing the ball and also ohio state defensively right first season under jim knowles he's installed the defense at least last i heard about a week ago or so he had installed about 75 percent of the defense which is fine you don't have to have 100 percent of the new defense installed for week one but they they have their personnel they know what they're going to do they know what they're going to line up against with notre dame and look notre dame has been hit by the injury buck Right, They've lost some wide receivers, they've lost some weapons, their center was banged up, we'll see if he can go. I think this is definitely leaning towards an Ohio State dub. And when Notre Dame is looking at their blueprint on how do we beat Ohio State, obviously the games last year, Oregon and Michigan just ran the ball and Ohio State couldn't stop them. Now we'll see if this new system under Jim Knowles can do anything about that, obviously it's supposed to, but week one... Brand new system in an actual game setting, not just a scrimmage. You're going to have to figure some things out and iron out some of the kinks. I think it's no secret at all that Notre Dame is going to try to run the ball, maybe throw in a couple trick plays like a jet sweep or something like that. And then they're going to try to hit the tight end over the middle. It's looking like everybody is picking and leaning towards Ohio State right now. I think I'm going to go Buckeyes as well. I'll go 38-17 Ohio State. And I will be at the game, so that's going to be exciting. Looking forward to just seeing Columbus and the pregame festivities, and also it's college game day. So there's going to be great energy in the air, and it should be a pretty good game. Since I am out of town, next week's pod is going to be delayed. I might try to get something up on that Sunday, but most likely I'll be back in town Tuesday. I'll have some sort of a postgame analysis recording and dropping that day, Tuesday night. I'm excited to see Ohio State's offense, DJ Stroud, Trevion Henderson, Jackson Smith-Najigba, and then like guys like Marvin Harrison Jr., who flashed in the Rose Bowl, but that was still such a small sample size. That will conclude this week's episode of SE. You can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Silent Expose on Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week, and as always, go Bucks.